Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. So grateful to have you all listening, and I'm so glad to be back sharing what the Lord's put on my heart with you. Many of you have heard the great command. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and in the New Testament context, with all your mind. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. He said that both of these commands are first and greatest, most important. In fact, he said that all the other commands, tradition has it that there's 613, which means that the remaining 611 are summed up in these two commands. Love God, love your neighbor. Now, the interesting thing, though, is that love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength comes from Deuteronomy 6.5, and love your neighbor as yourself comes from Leviticus 19.18. People often ask, Mark, if love is so important, if Jesus said they are the greatest commands, then why are they not in the Ten Commandments? Somehow, someway, people recognize the Ten Commandments as being very important, so I understand the reasoning that if we're supposed to love God and love our neighbor, and those are the two highest commands, would they not be in the Ten Commandments? Well, actually, loving God is, in fact, explicitly stated in the Ten Commandments. Most of us just don't know that. It's in the Second Commandment, and we'll look more at that, where he talks about being jealous and about us hating him or loving him. We'll look at that in just a moment. Because what I also want to suggest to you is that the Ten Commandments, especially in the sense that they're thou shalt not, they're in the negative, is actually very similar to what we talked about last week in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 6. Remember where Paul begins by saying love is patient and love is kind, and he could have continued with the similar list in Colossians 3, 12 to 14. Remember where he says that clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, goodness, gentleness, etc., like the fruit of the Spirit. But instead, because he's addressing behaviors that are not loving, remember Paul comes up with these eight knots that love does not envy or boast or dishonor, keep a record of wrongs, delight in evil, love is not proud, self-seeking, or easily angered. Paul went after the behaviors that were not loving. In Romans 13, verse 10, Paul says that the opposite of love is harm. He says, love does no harm to its neighbor. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Consider the Ten Commandments in light of that then. I don't think anyone would disagree that murder, adultery, stealing, false testimony, or coveting causes harm to a neighbor. And as such, would not be loving Love would be to respect somebody's property, to respect marriage, to respect their life, etc. Well, consider the first three commandments. You shall have no other gods before me, that you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven, above or earth below or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. If you want to harm God, say that there's another God and then worship that other God, make an image of that God, that is not loving God. That's one of the greatest ways that you can harm him. And then the third command is don't misuse his name, dishonor his name, disrespect his name, particularly in terms of your life, that you bear that name. 
And that we'd behave in such a way that would bring honor to that name. We don't want to misuse that name. And in that sense, you recognize that the Ten Commandments then are really specifically like 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 6, where this is what love is not. This is what causes harm and is not loving. In some ways, I like to think of them as the traffic laws, where thank God we have stop signs and stop lights and yellow lines and white lines and speed limits and whatever, because those handful of knots don't run a red light, don't run a stop sign, don't cross the double yellow, don't go beyond the speed limit. Those are for our safety. They are so that we can enjoy driving without being anxious or nervous. I mean, imagine if you were to hear over the radio today that all the traffic laws were rescinded and you're free to drive however you want. That would create enormous fear to even put your car outside of the driveway or pull it out of the driveway for fear you don't have any idea what the other person is going to do now. Those traffic laws make driving safe and pleasurable. Well, really, the Ten Commandments are the Lord's traffic laws to make relationship enjoyable, safe, fun, that brings good and not harm. Well, what I want to share with you then specifically today is the fact that, yes, the Ten Commandments in and of themselves, I think, are like Paul's list about what love is not or the things that actually cause harm don't do them. But I want to specifically focus on the second command where he says, again, that you should not make an image, that you should not bow down and worship. And then he says, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Do you realize that Jesus said that the way that he demonstrated love for his Father, John 14, 31, that the world would know that I love the Father because I obey his commands, because I do what he says. In fact, John, 1 John 5, 3 says, this is love for God, that we would obey his commands, which remember, loving God, loving your neighbor as Jesus has loved us, fulfills all the commands. But the amazing thing is to find out that Jesus' statement, John's statement, actually originates in the Ten Commandments. Love for God is to obey his commands. And then he loves to pour out his love on those who love him. And the fact that so many don't know that the word jealous and hate are in the Ten Commandments and the idea of being jealous, God being jealous. Remember sometimes, maybe in one of the podcasts I've said in the past, that some people get bent out of shape that God gets angry. And yet, anger is so wonderful from the standpoint that anger says that you deeply love. Because anger is the emotion that says non-love is about to happen or is happening. And anger rises up and says, no, this needs to stop. Most of us hate anger because people sin in their anger and take justice into their own hands. Well, in a similar way, the fact that God says that he's jealous is such a good thing because it says that he values our love. He values our relationship so much that he says, I can't 
I, I, I just, I get jealous for your love. I don't want your love to go in a different direction. I don't want your strength and your heart and your affection and your attention to go, first of all, on what is not even a God. It's not good for you. It's not going to bless you. It's, it's nothing. I want your affection. I want your devotion. I want your love that our relationship matters. But then the fact that he puts it in the context of loving and hating, that if you really want to hate God, you would worship something else. You would bow down to something else. You would misuse his name. You would have some other God other than him. He loves us. He loves you. He loves me. And our relationship matters to him. Now, what's really so awesome to me about this is that We can't forget, we just can't forget that the Ten Commandments, though, begin with the reminder that just like when Jesus said we love as and because he first loved us, is that even here in the Old Testament, before he asks in the Ten Commandments, if you really love me, keep my commands, or Deuteronomy 6, 5, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, is at the beginning of the Ten Commandments, he reminds people, he reminds the Israelites of how he loved them first. Right in it, he begins by saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. See, God rescued them. He remained faithful to them, faithful to his covenant, faithful to his promise to Abraham. You see, in Deuteronomy, Moses reminds them that this was God's faithfulness, his loving kindness, his loving faithfulness that began with Abraham, which even more than that began with his love for the world, that in Genesis 12, 1 to 3, he calls Abraham and says, I'm going to make you a great nation but not just for your own sakes. It's so that you will be a blessing to all the other nations. That God took a man and all those descendants from him, that they were going to become a people, a people who would image his likeness to one another and especially to the rest of the nations, that the rest of the nations would come to him. And so Moses reminds them, saying, The Lord set his affection on your ancestors and loved them, and he chose you their descendants above all the nations as it is today. And then in Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 9, he says, And remember, he did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. He did it because he loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. See, what's so important is to recognize that even before love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself, it all began with God loving them first, really loving all of us first. That he called Abraham out, he made a covenant with him, that he would be faithful and loyal to them, care for them. When they finally get rescued out of Egypt, God is still being faithful to his affection, to his love, to his covenant with those people. And then he says, love me, keep my commands, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love one another, and don't do these certain things. Think about that. First loved ministries, we love because, 
He first loved us. Or one of the most important aspects of our ministry is Jesus' new command. Love one another as I have loved you. And the only way you can love as is you have to be loved first. See, the beautiful thing about this is that we recognize that that wasn't a brand new principle with Jesus. It's always been this way. God has always been the initiator. God has always been the one who reveals himself first. God is always the one who has reached out in love. And even here in the Ten Commandments, before he ever says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Before he says, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, he reminds them, I loved you first. I cared about you and I cared about the whole world enough that through a people, I would reveal myself and try to draw all people to me to see the wonder of who I am and my love and care and blessing and that all people would be drawn to the wonder of him. And again, that these Ten Commandments are for our safety, they're for our protection, they're for our good so that we don't have to fear one another in relationship. God cares about how we treat one another. And then most of all is that he cares about how we treat him. That he's a jealous God. What a good thing. It means he really does love us. If it matters to him whether our hearts and our attention go in a different direction, that it matters to him whether we hate him or love him, I want to encourage you today to just let that settle into your heart, to let it settle into your soul. That God's heart of love for you and for me didn't just happen with Jesus. It's so unsettling sometimes when people think like the God of the Old Testament, well, he's the mean God, the bad God, the angry God, and then the God of Jesus and the New Testament is the good God, the nice God. Are you kidding? (laughs) The Old Testament is the revelation of unbelievable love unbelievable kindness, unbelievable mercy of God taking the initiative to do something about all the evil and the wrong and the harm in the world and try to help us see how amazing he is, how awesome he is. And he's always done it first. He's always taking initiative. So when he asks us to love and not harm, it's because he loves us. It's because he values us. See, in the end, you can't command love. Love is something that comes from a free moral agent. Love is something that simply is our response to. And all the way through the Old Testament, God is merciful and kind and loving and drawing and caring and forgiving. And in return, he wants us to love him back and to love one another in the way that he's loved us. So Father, I just pray for those listening I pray that you would just break down this idea that you're one God in the Old Testament and a different God in the New Testament. That even in Jesus' new command, Lord, that the principle of you loving first and we loving you and one another because you loved us has always been there from the very beginning. And that, yes, even the Ten Commandments are about love. Truly, they are about loving you, about loving each other and the things that cause harm and to avoid those things. Lord, thank you that you are the same God 
from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. And we can trust that love. We can revel in that love. We can enjoy that love. Let us just be so caught up in the wonder that you would be jealous for our affection, for our devotion, for our attention, for our response back to your love to us and for us. Let it sink in, Lord, and cause us to love as you have loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.